Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to my review of The Batman. Uh, this is actually a kind of a historic Alaska Watch episode because this is the first episode that I've ever completely re-recorded, I guess. I actually recorded this about a week ago. And as you can tell, my my voice thing is still going on. I'm still not I still don't sound normal. Um and it was so bad for the episode that I recorded uh last week that I I didn't release it. I'm gonna delete it and replace it with this one. Um again I, I feel fine. I feel somewhat back to normal. Uh but it's just my voice. It just uh it keeps it's like a constant hoarseness. Uh sometimes it's worse than others. Uh the other day I, I was like, oh I'm I'm you know I'm better. My voice is normal and like the next day it was worse than ever. So not sure what's going on with it. Uh, but you know, like any man, I am going to, uh, put off going to the doctor about it until probably it's either too late or it's just going to go away on its own. So there's that. Uh, but let's get into it. You know, no, no cryptids this time. Uh, we're just going to talk about the new Batman movie. I do have some cool cryptid stuff lined up. I'm waiting to hear back from a witness that I reached out to on something really cool. And uh, hopefully I can get them on. Uh, if not, maybe I can at least get them to tell me their story and I can relay it to you. But uh, I'm hoping to have them on. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about the Batman. I mean, I've been really, really excited for this movie. Um, you know, those of you that know me, that have met me in person, you've probably seen my Batman tattoo. Uh, obviously, Batman is one of my favorite fictional characters um i don't know if i've ever told the story here or not you know i've always been um, a, a decent writer uh some would would probably correctly argue that i'm a better writer than i am a speaker uh i think my my books are definitely better than my podcast uh but uh in my, i took a creative writing or was it creative writing or was it just it was some kind of writing class in college it was like my first year of college i was a freshman <clears throat> and the instructor wanted us to write a, a paper about uh, a hero or somebody we looked up to or somebody that inspired us. And I wrote my uh, paper about Batman. <laughs> and um, I can't remember what grade she gave. I didn't fail. I think it was like a D or a C or something. And she basically said, you know, Batman's a phys- fictional character. He's not real. Well, she never instructed us that in, in the instructions. You know, she didn't give us those parameters. And um, that was pretty much my taste of college where I was kind of like, this might not be for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've always been a huge fan of Batman. Uh, I read Batman comic or comics growing up. Uh, you know, when Batman came out in 89 with Michael Keaton, I just lost my damn mind. I mean, I loved Batman. I had Batman everything. And 
I really uh, enjoyed reading the comics. Um, everybody, you know, Batman's one of those characters. He's been around for so long that there's been several different versions of him. Whereas you have, you know, the old uh, Adam West series, you know, you have the more serious takes and it kind of gets darker as we go on. Uh, the comics, it was the same thing, you know, in the like 60s and 50s, Batman was like walking down the street in the middle of the day, you know, like helping a ladies cross the street and stuff. And he was always smiling. And then, you know, kind of in the in the mid 80s, it kind of took a turn to a little bit more dark and gritty. And I remember when the Batman movie came out, Batman 89, I had picked up uh, a trade paperback of Frank Miller's The Dark Knight. And, you know, I I was, I knew Batman was kind of dark and gritty, but that really, I was probably too young to read it. I probably, I think it was for mature readers and I was, I don't know how old I was, but I was, probably wasn't old enough to read it. But that really made an impression on me as kind of my definitive version of the Batman. And... I guess I kind of judge all Batman since then by Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be that dark and gritty, but I like it. I like it to be serious. You know, I like a serious take on the cut character. Uh, you know, a little bit of humor here and there, but just, you know, he's a serious character. He's on a serious mission. He sees it as, as a mission. And that's one of the great things about Batman is, you know, anybody could be Batman. If you had the will and the training you could do it you you could be batman you don't batman doesn't necessarily need all the gadgets and stuff although it's really fun to see him and see him use them i mean he could be batman uh you know in his bathrobe if he needed to be and that's that's the cool thing about it and i was really excited about this uh version of the character uh some of you know you know the dark knight by christopher nolan with christian bale that's probably my favorite movie of all time. And I've seen it, I don't know, over a dozen times, probably more than that, probably a couple of dozen. And for a long time, that was pretty much the definitive version of Batman for me on screen. Um, I really enjoyed Ben Affleck's Batman. I think probably physically he was better than Bale. Uh, I think he looked more like Batman, loved his, his, uh, his suit, his costume, thought it was great. I looked like it stepped right out of the comics. And this movie, The Batman, was supposed to be a Ben Affleck Batman movie that he was gonna. He, at one point, he was on board to direct, and you know, it sounds like it was more his decision than anything. He decided he didn't want to do it, and I'm, I'm sure there were good reasons behind it. But a part of me is just like. How in the world, somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, we would like you, we're going to give you all this money to make this Batman movie. I'm sure, I think they gave him pretty much creative control over it. You can do whatever you want. Uh, of course you're, you know, you're going to be Batman and you're going to direct it and you can do whatever you want. Here's this money, have fun. And he's like, nah, I'd I'd rather go, uh, I'd rather go do something else. (laughs) What the fuck? I mean, I just, it just, I I cannot grasp it. I mean, I guess obviously he's probably not as big a fan of the character as I am or a lot of people, but I, it's just one of those things where you're like, what, how you cannot fathom 
how someone would process, how someone would come to that conclusion to where they would just be like, nah, fam, I'm good. I don't need all that money to, to be Batman and play Batman and, you know, write this Batman. Man, I would, (laughs) I would write Batman stories for free. (laughs) Let alone if you were going to pay me for it, I'd be all over it. So yeah, it's hard for me to, to, to grasp that way of thinking that train of thought where you're just like, nah, I'm not going to do Batman. Um, so anyway, we were left, uh, with, a with no director and no Batman and they ended up giving it to Matt Reeves, who I am not super familiar with. Um, I have seen Cloverfield and I've seen a couple of the Planet of the Apes movies, but I'm not sure which ones he directed. And, you know, I like the Planet of the Apes movies okay, but I wasn't like super blown away with them. Honest, obviously, I can't even remember like which ones I've seen and which ones what which ones were about what. I I know pretty much for a fact I haven't seen probably the last two. But uh, yeah, I just I wasn't super familiar with his work. I uh, didn't know much about it, and you know, with a lot of these superhero type movies, there's a lot of secrecy around them. They don't really talk about. Uh, spoilers or plot points or anything like that by the way there are going to be some spoilers for the movie but i mean at this point it's been out for uh almost three weeks now so if you haven't seen it you know that's on you um it's actually i think uh, we're about a month away from it coming to streaming so i think uh, it's going to be on streaming at the end of april on hbo max so they give it to matt reeves uh he takes off with it uh cast robert pattinson you know, a lot of people weren't happy with that. They didn't agree with Pattinson. You know, they, he was Twilight Boy. He was this, he was that. Uh, saw a lot of criticism of him for that. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't unhappy. Um, you know, I had seen him in some serious other roles. Uh, Lost City of Z, some, some other stuff. And I thought he did fine. Uh, he's, he's a good actor. Had had no problem with his casting. I thought he would probably um, have a have a good take on it. Um, one of the most puzzling things that that I heard about his casting uh, is somebody called him too scrawny, and I actually replied. I was like, you know, <clears throat> most of the um, you know Batman's physique in the comic books is portrayed as uh, very muscular. And almost like a bodybuilder and you know most bigger guys like that are pretty slow and I, I i mentioned to the guy you know comic books is a physical medium you know you got to see it's a visual medium i'm sorry not physical uh visual medium so you know it's 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 for your eyes you gotta beef things up you know to make them look cool um and i told i told the person with that um opinion i was like you know most of the special forces guys uh, that I've ran into or that I've had uh, any dealings with, uh, they were all kind of small and scrawny. You know, most of them were little guys. Not not a lot of uh, hulking behemoths in the uh, special forces community. I mean, there's a few. I think Marcus Luttrell is a pretty tall guy. But uh, for the most part, they're all pretty, pretty small guys. So I think it would probably stand that if Batman was in real life if there was a batman in real life he'd probably be a smaller guy kind of a scrawny guy to be able to pull off some of the stuff he did uh, well when i say scrawny i don't mean not muscular i mean smaller in stature um you know he wouldn't 
look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He would uh, look more like um, uh, somebody that was um, a more well-rounded athlete, uh, somebody that was um, focused on like uh, endurance and stuff like that, not just weightlifting. So, you know, I mean, and that's again, that's my opinion, you know, maybe you like your Batman, you know, to look like Ben Affleck on steroids. I I don't know. Uh, But I was hopeful. I I saw all this information coming in about Robert Pattinson. Uh, I was hopeful. Uh, I remember where I was when I saw the first trailer uh, that they had released. And I was, uh, I was at work. I was sitting uh, in the office where the kind of like the break room. And I think I watched the trailer like two or three times on my phone. And I was just blown away by how gritty and dark it looked and how realistic, how grounded it seemed. Uh, it just, it was really, it was really cool. And, and I, I think this might've been like 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And then of course, you know, COVID hit, uh, they ceased production, you know, they, they started and stopped production a couple of times. Uh, the movie got delayed, um, from like, I think it got, or maybe it was 2020 when the, no, it was 2019. I'm pretty sure. And then it got delayed to like 2022 and it was just, I was a little concerned because usually when movies get delayed like that, it's not a good thing, but I think in this case it was mostly due to COVID and they, I don't think they wanted to plop this onto streaming kind of like they did with Wonder Woman uh, 2, which was a terrible film. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't go to the movies and see that. Uh, I did really enjoy the first one though, but, um, yeah, it it just, it didn't look well, uh, for the production, but that trailer gave me a lot of hope. And then, uh, you know, of course it got delayed after the trailer was out and I was still a little concerned because just because they put out a really cool trailer doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie. I have gone to so many movies that I thought had awesome trailers and were disappointed. So, you know, especially we're talking about Batman here. And there is so much with Batman that, you know, being such a big fan, there's so much that they can, just a little thing that they can get wrong that could almost ruin the entire movie for me. Uh, Remember, I was saying Dark Knight is probably my favorite movie of all time. Well, The Dark Knight Rises, the sequel to that, um, isn't even in probably my top 20 or probably not even in my top 50. Uh, and one of the main reasons why I dislike that movie is, uh, one, I think it's kind of convoluted, uh, but two, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Batman is retired and he's quit and he's just kind of moping around until events spring him back in the action. And that was like, I was like, wait, this doesn't, no, Batman doesn't quit. And I think the the reasoning in the movie was like, well, you know, they defeated crime. They, you know, they took down all the, the, the crime bosses. The, the mob was still, was, was gone. And I'm like, yeah, but there's still like, I'm, there's still people out there like stealing and, and people getting murdered. And like, they stopped organized crime. They didn't stop crime. Remember, you know, Bruce's parents were killed by some random dude that was trying to get high or, you know, whatever, or depending on whatever, I, or, 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 
version <laughs> that uh, you watch. So, you know, Batman doesn't stop. Like, he just doesn't. Uh, maybe eventually when he's he realizes, okay, I'm too old for this. I can't do it anymore. But not, not at that age. According to the, uh, I think the Nolan movies, Batman was probably only Batman for, was it two years? Maybe three? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, that whole, I mean, the rest of the movie could have been a lot better and I probably still wouldn't have enjoyed it just because of that fact. So going into the Batman, I was a little concerned. I was a little concerned they were going to do some things that didn't sit right with me. Uh, one of those is the, you know, the current, I guess, trope of, you know, anybody that has money, basically all rich people are evil. And that's kind of the thing, you know, with a lot of movies, a lot of, which is funny because it's like the people that are making these movies, the studios that are producing all these people are, you know, pretty well off, pretty rich. And they always point to the uh, financially successful as, you know, corrupt and, and uh, evil. And, you know, granted, I'm sure there are some rich people out there that are evil and corrupt, but there's also probably some good people out there that have money. Uh, just because you have money doesn't mean you're good or bad. You know, you're, there are different alignments for all walks of life. And there were a couple of things in the trailer that concerned me that made me think they were going to vilify the Waynes. And one of those was basically like the Riddler was seeking out corrupt uh, individuals in the Gotham city government. And, you know, you telling uh, Batman, you know, you're a part of this and, you know, there's been a few different uh, versions of the Riddler that figured out Bruce Wayne was Batman. I was like, Oh God, they're going to, they're going to tell, tell us that the Waynes were evil, you know, and, um, we'll get into that a little bit more. I'm going to try and make this a little brief because my voice is still kind of screwed up, but, uh, we went and saw the movie. We, we finally, it was finally here. Uh, I made plans to go see it like months in advance. Um, you know, we had planned a trip, We, which I didn't know this at the time, but it actually premiered here in our little town, but I didn't know it was going to do that at the time. I thought that it probably, usually our movies come here a week or two, I'm sorry, about two weeks after, no, it's three, three weeks after they get released or more. And I was like, damn it, I'm not waiting. I want to go see the Batman opening night. So we made uh, arrangements uh, to travel up to Anchorage and... We went to go see it in IMAX. Uh, I actually bought my tickets like as soon as they went on sale, like February 10th or something. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, <laughs> I bought them like the day they went on sale. Like I stayed up late and kept refreshing the page to buy them. And uh, joke was on me. Like it didn't, I don't even think the selling that we went or the show that we went to sold out. And uh, I kind of screwed up when I bought our tickets because now, you know, you can buy um you can choose your seats where you sit in the theater. And I wanted to be in a good spot. So I chose like in the very middle on like the, I think it's the fifth row. And it sounds close, but I didn't think it was that close. Uh, just looking at the chart. It's basically the section right before where the handicap seating is. And then the next row back is probably the row that I should have been on. <clears throat> so we get there and they start showing the commercials and previews and stuff. And, you know, it's IMAX. And of course, you know, there's people all, you know, all on both sides of us. So other people, you know, that whole role, I think we were on was filled up. 
and they start showing the commercials and stuff. And me and my wife kind of look at each other. And I'm like, oh, I might have screwed up. Like this is, you know, because the screen is just so big. And I was a little concerned. I was like, man, I think we're sitting too close. And once the movie, like that was for the previews and stuff. But once the movie got started, I didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice that we were too close. It didn't even like, not once to enter my mind. Like, oh man, I wish I, you know, we're too close. I can't see everything, but it was fine. So it was, um, it was a great, uh, so the first time I saw it, I really liked it, but I wasn't sure like what I thought about it. I was like, man, I got to see it again. So I heard a quote, uh, from somebody that really kind of like explained that situation to me. Cause I was like, man, I don't understand. I don't understand why, you know, I felt cause my wife come out of there like, that's probably the best Batman movie ever made. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It was pretty good, but I'm going to have to see it again. And uh, I heard a guy talking about kind of that very thing. And he said, the first time you see it, you know, you're looking one for the stuff you want. And, you know, you're looking at for the movie that you want. And then the second time you see it, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you're, you're not, you're not anticipating anything. You're not, you know, really looking for anything. You're not dwelling on things you don't like. You're just, you're just experiencing the movie the second time you watch it and you enjoy it a little bit more. And that, that's pretty much what happened with me, uh, with the Batman. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was almost kind of on pins and needles. Like, Oh, please don't screw this up. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. The second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I know it doesn't suck. Now I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. And, you know, there's only a couple of, well, before I get into that, I'll say one of the biggest, um, criticisms I've heard about the movie from other people is that it's too long. It's, it's about people are saying it's three hours long. It's probably more along the lines of two. I think it's two forty-five, two fifty, And if you sit and watch the credits, it's probably about three hours. But, um, I, you know, people are like, Oh, it's too long. They could have shortened it up. They could have shortened it up. They could have made it shorter. They could have made it shorter. I don't really see how there's only, like one scene in the whole movie that I feel they could have left out completely and it wouldn't have made a lick of difference, but everything else, it seemed like flowed into the next thing. And you're literally, you know, people have been asking for years, like we want to, we want a detective Batman. We need detective Batman. Where's detective Batman. And we finally get it. And now people are like, it's too long. (laughs) But you gotta you gotta work this case with him. You gotta follow the clues. And you, if you this is a movie you have to pay attention to. Like you can't just put it on in the background and scroll on your phone or you know talk to the person next to you or yell at your kids or or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, oh man, yeah, okay, yeah, I understand it. How it all fit together. You gotta pay attention. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of things that I missed on the first viewing, I mean, not major things. I still got the gist of everything, but there were a couple of things that I missed during the first viewing that I caught in the second view. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's how that person knows that information. I kind of missed that. It is just, there's some quick explanations, not a lot. And somebody said, Oh, the movie's nothing but exposition. I disagree. Cause there's a lot of things that you have to pay attention to. Uh, for example, one of the big, um, well, not big, but one of the complaints that I've heard 
is toward the end of the movie, you know, the Riddler pulls the trope of, you know, he gets captured. And then while he's captured, basically while he's in custody, custody, uh, I'm getting excited. I'm talking too fast. His master plan starts to play out while he's already in custody or his grand scheme, his final scheme. And that involves um, blowing up a seawall on the Gotham, uh, along the Gotham uh, border or that borders the, the ocean or the, well, I guess the sea. And there were a couple of people that had seen the movie and they're just like, one of them had seen it twice and was just like, what the hell? What did this seawall have to do with anything? Where did it come from? It's just all of a sudden a thing. And I'm like that literally like some of the first lines in the movie are talking about it. Um, if, as soon as the movie starts, there's a character that's watching a, a, a debate on TV for the mayor's office. It's a mayoral debate for people that are running for mayor. And it's literally mentioned within the first, like three or four minutes of the movie. And I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think, I think some people are, they're probably, like I said, they're probably on their phone or they're, they're not engaged. This is the movie you have to engage with, at least for the detective story. And, I tried to count the second or no, actually I've seen it three times. Um, we went to see it in IMAX. I went to see it again, uh, by myself here in town. And then we went to see it again. Uh, my wife wanted to see it again. So we went and saw it again here, uh, locally. And I was actually going to go see it a fourth time. I was going to go see it this week. Actually, it probably would have been today. Uh, but it's not, it didn't run for a full two weeks. So, I, I didn't get to go the fourth time, but I totally would have if I could have. And in fact, I got up in a couple of weeks, I got to uh, take a trip up to up the road to one of the uh, bigger towns here and get some work done on the car. And if I find myself waiting around all day, if it's still playing, I might go see it that fourth time at the theater up there, if it's still playing. But uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people kind of miss a lot of the intricacies of the story. And they were kind of like, well, you know, I felt he could explain this better. I felt he couldn't explain that better. And some of it, I kind of agree with, but on the other hand, I'm like, man, do you have to be spoon fed everything? Like, isn't it cool that you can, Oh yeah. They were talking about those, those seawalls at the beginning of the movie, you know, like, Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. And not like, where in the hell did these seawalls come from? I wasn't paying attention. So I'm going to complain. But the story, I don't want to, I'm not going to get too deep into the story and like go like plot point by plot point. I'm going to touch on some things I liked and some, a couple of things I didn't like. There's not a whole lot I didn't like, obviously. Um, I really enjoyed the, the story. Uh, they, they borrowed a lot from, uh, like the long Halloween, uh, where the Riddler is, is killing, uh, prominent officials. Uh, he's leaving these, these riddles that don't, you know, they don't really, not all of them lead to the next victim. You know, it's kind of interesting because you think he's kind of being the comic book Riddler in that he's trying to leave clues for his next victim. He's not really doing that. It's kind of a, almost like a little bit of a, of a twist toward the end um, where he's, basically trying to get Batman to do certain things. Um, 
because he thinks he, he, this is a little bit of a spoiler. He thinks that him and he and Batman are on the same side and they're kind of working toward the same goal. So a lot of his riddles are actually, uh, trying to lead Batman, um, not necessarily to the next victim, but to do action, to, to perform actions that would lead the Riddler to access to his next victim, if that makes any sense. Um, and I thought that was a really cool part of the story. And that, you know, I think a lot of people kind of miss that, uh, that have seen it They're They are like, Oh, I didn't think about, about it that way. But, um, there's a really cool scene, uh, and toward the end of the movie where, uh, Batman and Riddler sat down and they're talking and there's, a, there's a lot of, at least for me, there was a lot of tension and then it kind of gets, um, the tension gets broken and they kind of go into their like little banter back and forth. Basically where the Riddler explains like, no man, we're in this together. You know, you were helping me <laughs> and Batman, I think is, is pretty, uh, like, oh shit, you know? But, uh, yeah, and this, you know, we're, we're dealing with a younger Batman. Uh, you know, this is only his, I think his second year or the end toward the end of his second year being around. Um, I really enjoyed his, uh, partnership with, with Gordon. Uh, I thought that it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed a little bit of their back and forth, although mostly it was Gordon talking, not Batman. Uh, but you know, at one point, Batman tells Gordon, you know, like no guns. And he's like, oh, that's your thing, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm a cop. I'm going to use my gun. Um, I would, I'm kind of almost to the point where like, man, I really want to see, cause it's established in the film, basically that Gordon and Batman only trust each other. They don't trust anybody else. And I'm curious as to how that relationship developed. Uh, I almost kind of feel like there's a little bit of uh year one, maybe, maybe in that, I mean, they don't really hint at it, but I kind of feel like, and basically in year, at the end of year one, uh, Batman ends up, uh, saving Gordon's, uh, baby, Gordon's baby gets, uh, kidnapped. The mob, I think is trying to, to, uh, pressure him into, to play him by their rules or whatever. You know, he, he's, Gordon's pretty much incorruptible. They're trying to get him to play by their game or by their rules. So they kidnap his kid to try and get him to do what he wants. Uh, Batman ends up saving the kid. It's a really cool moment in the book. Uh, this is the year one uh, Batman storyline. You can get it in trade paperback. I believe Frank Miller wrote it as well. Um, and basically Batman, it happens during the daytime. Uh, it's kind of like in the dark night where, you know, Batman goes out to do something. He's like, you know. The Alfred's like, you want to get the suit? And he's like, nope, not in the daytime. And uh, so he goes out to foil this kidnapping and he doesn't have his suit on and he's not wearing, I, you know, you think he would maybe at least put a ski mask on, but he's not wearing anything. Uh, he saves Gordon's baby who basically like the mobster was holding him. Um, and I can't remember if Gordon shoots him or if Batman does it. I think Batman tackles him. And they fall like off a bridge and Batman like saves the baby, you know, like grabs the baby in midair and saves it. And then you see him like hand the baby back to Gordon and Gordon's like, you know, and obviously, I mean, it's Bruce Wayne, like Bruce Wayne's just standing there handing the baby back to Gordon and Gordon's like, you know, I can't see shit without my glasses. <laughs> and you kind of almost get like a, 
like a sense of like, you know, obviously, I mean, he obviously knows it's Bruce Wayne. He can see him, but he just says that kind of to save, you know, face for Batman. And, you know, I, from that point on, like Gordon is Batman's, you know, um, loyal confidant. And I kind of feel like maybe there's a similar story with this version of the characters where Batman did something really, uh, to really, really gain Gordon's trust. Uh, cause basically it said, you know, a couple times in the movie, uh, you know, you're the only one I trust. So they had a really cool dynamic in the, in the movie. Um, you know, it was good to have Gordon there to basically, so Batman could explain like, Oh, well this, you know, this is why this is here. Or this is that, you know, like basically gave Batman somebody to explain things to so that we would understand what was going on. And uh, I thought it was really a really cool uh, dynamic. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed uh, the I can't remember his name right now, but the actor that played him, he didn't have a ton to do, but it was enough. Um, Selena Kyle, this version of Catwoman, I enjoyed her. Uh, there's one line in the movie that kind of didn't, it kind of fell flat for me, but it didn't take me out of the movie. Um, what else? Let's see. I'm trying to, I enjoyed the action scenes, although there wasn't a ton, but there was a few. Um, Batman uses a lot of, um, he takes, he takes a lot of abuse. That was kind of one of the things that I was a little unhappy with is in a few scenes, it seems like he's, he's just letting people shoot him and he's letting, you know, people land punches. And I kind of chalk that up to him like, well, he's younger, he's inexperienced. Uh, there's a lot of times where I would think, man, like, I don't care what kind of body armor he's get, he's got, you know, like toward the end of the film, he takes a, um, a couple of rounds from what appear to be like hunting rifles. And anybody that knows anything about ballistics or like, you know, like that, a bulletproof vest isn't going to stop that, especially at close range. But, you know, we always use the, the, well, you know, he's got it. He's got access to, um, to, you know, better materials, to space age materials, stuff like that because of his wealth. Uh, they never ex- explicitly explain that, but at the same time, they don't do a lot of the stuff that, cause you know, with the Nolan movies, we had to get his origin. We had to find out where he gets all his shit, you know, all his gear. And this one, you know, all that's been done. They're like, we're not going to do that again. You know, we don't, we don't see his parents get killed. Uh, you know, it's mentioned several times, but it's never, uh, it's never, you know, if there's no flashback with it, you know, I mean, we saw his parents get killed in Batman versus Superman. We saw his parents get killed in, uh, Batman begins. We saw his parents get killed in the Batman movie. So, I mean, it's, his parents have been killed over and over again. We don't need to see it anymore. Uh, it's kind of like what they did with Spider-Man's origin and the, the MCU, you know, they, they talked about it a little bit, but they never really, uh, showed it to us. And then, you know, we get into the gear and equipment in the movie and a lot of the stuff that he's using, it kind of looks like his, his belt is like, it's like, it just looks like a police utility belt or something like that. Um, in fact, one of the pouches on his belt is just like a magazine pouch from, you know, like a duty belt. Um, and you know, some of that stuff was pretty cool. Um, but again, 
there's this mix of like, okay, you know, he's using his money. Basically he has a super tough suit that can obviously take a bullet from a high powered rifle, but he's also, you know, got a $20 mag pouch from Bianchi on his belt. Uh, Bianchi's a company that makes a lot of, uh, police gear. So yeah, there was, it was an interesting mix of stuff like that. The Batmobile, which I have to say, I, I really like the Tumblr and the Batman Begins movies. And I like Michael Keaton's Batman or Batmobile. But I think this one, as far as, I mean, I know it's, it's new. I'm, I'm just, you know, been exposed to it, but I, I think it's probably my favorite just because it's, it's really, really cool looking without being bombastic. It's not, it's not like, um, outlandish. You can, I mean, you could, he could literally probably drive this down the road and until you saw like the back of it, unless you were looking at the back of it where the engine is, you'd probably just think it was another car. It's just kind of got like a classic muscle car, kind of like the old, um, charger front end. And it just, it kind of looks, it's a kind of low key. It's kind of more, uh, covert. And I, I really, um, I really thought that was cool. Uh, he also rides a couple of motorcycles in, in the movie. One is like a, like his, um, I guess just his regular bike. And then another one is an actual bat bike. Um, I mean, they're okay. I wish they would have used, um, at least for one of them, used maybe an American bike for both of them. Uh, Catwoman rides a BMW. Uh, you know, they're, they're fine bikes. They're great, but it, it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit when I see a movie that's supposedly set in America and like everything is, is foreign, (laughs) you know, like all the motorcycles are foreign motorcycles. Um, and we don't see like a lot of triumph motorcycles and stuff up here in Alaska. So maybe, maybe they're a little bit more abundant in the lower 48. And if I saw one, I'd be like, Oh, look a triumph. But, uh, it, for me, you know, not almost never seeing a triumph on the road when I see them in the movie that's supposed to be set in America, it kind of takes me out of the movie for a minute. And I'm like, why didn't they just like, why couldn't they just uh, spring for a Harley or an Indian or something? <laughs> But we get we get a sense that he's still tinkering with stuff. He's still um, working on his loadout and his gear, and a lot of it is homemade. It doesn't seem like he really relies on uh, Lucius Fox or anything like that for his gear. Although he may, you know, I mean, there's a lot of the stuff that we do. This movie is literally him working this case. There is not a lot of uh, filler or in between. Like I said, when people complain about how long it is really each scene goes to the next. It flows to the next. It's him following the clues in this case. There is not a lot of filler. Um, I will say probably, this is probably my biggest problem with the movie. Um, it's the one scene I was talking about that you didn't need to have. You could have cut it out entirely and it would have, it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think. And it's the scene with Riddlers and Arkham and he starts talking like the guy in the cell next to him starts talking to him and it's heavily implied that the inmate that he's talking to is the Joker. It's not said, it's not explicitly explicitly like laid out there, but I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. And 
I kind of felt like this was supposed to be like a, uh, what do you call it? A, a stinger at the end of the credits, like how Marvel does. It felt almost like a studio note to me where they're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta tease, uh, something for the future. You gotta tease more, you know, you gotta leave something out there that people are going to want to want to see in the sequel. And it was kind of, I feel like it was almost kind of forced in there. Uh, but other than that, I mean, and Mark Miller has said like, just because you saw this Joker in the credits or in the, in the movie doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see him in the sequel. And I would be fine with that. Um, I, Batman has so many different villains that you could, you could use without using the Joker again for years. Um, in fact, it would be great because I think I'm pretty sure they signed on uh, Robert Pattinson for three films. Um, you know, ha- maybe have another little tease of the Joker in the next one. And then maybe in the third one, bring the Joker out um, for that. The Joker and or maybe bring them back. But yeah, I, I, I felt like that scene, it was a little, I don't know. It just felt kind of tacked on. Uh, didn't really feel like it did anything other than tease the existence of the Joker in this universe. Uh, supposedly there's a deleted scene where Batman goes to see the Joker and the Joker basically implies, you know, it's almost our anniversary from the first time he called him. So it means that they've actually encountered each other before Batman's the reason he's in there. So I'm not sure if Reeves wanted to just say, okay, you know, these characters have history, you know, like they're basically just established like, yeah, you know, Batman's been around for a couple of years, you know, he's had other adventures other than this one. And then maybe we never see the Joker again. Or if he was trying to tease something, like I said, I feel like that conversation between Riddler and the Joker was kind of a stinger for things to come, a preview, something that they wanted in there uh, to give people something to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I don't, I still haven't made up my mind if it's better than the dark Knight or yet or not. I don't really, I don't even know if you can compare them. I mean, they're both Batman movies, but they're kind of different style of movies. Uh, while one is kind of a, a, a crime, almost like heat, uh, type film, you know, the other one is very much a detective story. So I don't know. Uh, right now, Obviously, if I was given the choice to watch The Batman or The Dark Knight, I would choose The Batman because I've seen The Dark Knight a lot. (laughs) So I would want to watch The Batman again right now. But I don't see myself ever being like, well, no, I'm never going to watch The Dark Knight again. It's kind of like that scenario where people are, you know, comparing it to having to choose between their children, you know, like which one do you choose? Which one's your favorite? And it's really hard to do because they both, have great qualities and they're both awesome movies. So that's, uh, that's pretty much my review on the dark Knight or the dark Knight. <laughs> I should do a review of the dark Knight uh, of the Batman. Maybe that was a 40 and slip. Maybe that means that I like the dark Knight better, but, uh, I, I went head over heels for the Batman after I saw it. I went, we went out to Walmart and uh, I bought me a Batmobile, like a toy Batmobile to put on my shelf. Um, I got, uh, and this is, so, you know, I, I'm not naive enough to say that advertising doesn't work on me because obviously it does for certain things. I mean, you can show me all the ads for car insurance in the world and I'm, it's not gonna, I don't care because I don't care about car insurance. Uh, 
but I saw some ads on social media for this, um, this bat calzone that they have at little Caesars. And I was like, cause I like pizza. Pizza is one of my favorite food. I like pizza. I like Batman. I'm like, what, what's, you know, why am I not getting this? So <laughs> we went to, um, the little Caesars, uh, in Anchorage, one of them. And I didn't know this at the time, but I guess it's like a, uh, pickups, you know, you just go in and pick up your pizza. You can't eat there. So we ended up picking up a calzone. Uh, I had to wait a while to eat it cause it was so hot. Uh, but it was, it was really good. Um, and I was really impressed with the price. Like it was like 10 bucks for, um, for a calzone that would feed two or three people. And, you know, usually here in Alaska, something like that would run you like 15, 16 bucks, 14 bucks probably. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good price. I really, uh, I, I actually noticed in the ads, I think in the lower 48, it's running for like seven ninety nine, So it's even cheaper down there. But, uh, yeah, my, uh, their, their advertising worked on me and they, they sold me a calzone. And, uh, if they actually, if they're still carrying them, the next time I go to Anchorage, I might get one. It was actually that good. Uh, we're trying to eat a little bit healthier now. We've been, uh, on a diet for the last couple of months and there for a while I was working out pretty, um, well, every day, except for the weekends. And then, uh, when we got, uh, knocked down with the COVID, I stopped working out and I was like, well, I'll start working out when I feel better. And I started feeling better, but now I've got this thing with my voice and I keep putting it off. And I, I think, um, probably next week I'm going to get back into it. Cause I just, if I keep putting it off, I'm just never going to do it. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I was trying to get in shape for, um, this summer cause there's some stuff, some places I want to go and some stuff I want to do and I want to be in, in better shape when I do it. But, uh, anyway, if you still can, if it's still playing at your theater and you're interested in going to see it, I suggest you go and see the Batman. Um, but like I said, you got to pay attention, you know, you gotta, you gotta really follow along, um, and go to the bathroom before the movie and don't, cause I, I was so like the first time we went and seen it, I didn't, uh, drink any, I didn't get a soda and I didn't get any popcorn or nothing. I was like, I'm not going to the bathroom during this movie. I'm going to sit here and watch this entire thing. <laughs> and I think I had a couple of sips of, um, my wife's soda during the movie to kind of keep my lips uh, wet and stuff. But other than that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting up. I'm going to watch this entire movie. Uh, so now I got to probably wait, uh, another five years for the next one. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the Batman. Uh, please head over to alaskwatchpodcast.com. You can pick up, uh, some cool stickers. You can pick up copies of my book that are autographed. And uh, Alaska Watch t-shirts, please pick one of those up. I'm trying to get rid of those. And uh, we've got some new stickers coming soon. They're really cool. I think you're really going to enjoy them. Also, don't forget, uh, if you support law enforcement, if you're a fan of the Boys in Blue, uh, please make a donation to a law enforcement charity of your choosing and uh, take a screenshot of it. Post it on social media with the hashtag BigfootBacksTheBlue, and I will... Uh, be sure and give you a shout out either on the uh, podcast or on social media. So thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you. And, you know, I would say keep it squatchy, but I think somebody else has got that catchphrase taken. Um, be careful out there. Mm-hmm.